Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Good morning, everyone. Three minutes past seven o'clock. Happy Friday as well. Welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast. Brent Costello with you alongside the former test skipper, Tim Payne, who's just back in the studio, which oh, is nice. It's good to be back. Last good minute, to be back. So you got home at 10 o'clock last night, didn't you? Was, yes, snuck left in. You, left yourself pretty tight there, my friend. Well, we did. And just going off our live read, we're lucky to be on air, aren't we? <laughs> oh, at the moment. <laughs> That'll go to air later and it'll sound beautiful. But I'll tell you what, you've had one of the great mares uh, dishing it out this morning. That was hilarious. And speaking of, we did something a couple of weeks ago too. The Alistair Lynch medal's coming up yep. in a few weeks' time. Yeah. It took you a good 20 minutes. We were supposed to be out for coffee meeting someone. Oh, you, are, took, you are. You're putting a huge amount of mayonnaise on that. Hamish, did it take Tim 20 minutes to read out the 3, 2 and 1 for the William Lynch, uh, Alistair Lynch medal? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Thank minutes. you. Yeah, it was, it was embarrassing. Well, anyway. Reading is not my strong point. No. It's fair to say. And this morning we've been reliably informed from Link down the line that we have just recorded the longest ever live read. I think that's ever. an achievement in itself. He's been doing it for a while too. It was, I was actually, I'm happy to say this, I was actually so bad it threw you. Did it? <laughs> yes, you it did. stuffed up twice. It did. I was, I was laughing at you. Well, oh, goodness maybe me. it's not a bad one to put out to our listeners. I, I found a word this morning that I struggle to say. Innovative. Innovative. Yes. Yeah, no, actually, that's a, that's Texas a good... Texas did. A word you can't say. Mine is innovative. <laughs> Mine is memorable. I've got it out all right there, but if I'm reading a news script at work and it's in a sentence, I can't do it. You know, I don't know how you do what you do. At least here, no one's here watching me and I can stop, start and do it again. We have a laugh. Live TV be a bit tough. Let us know a word that you struggle to say on the Kia Tassie open line. Texas in 0437... Double five two five three five oh four three seven double five two five three five. And while you're at it, send us a text too for our guests coming up with us this morning. The sports minister and minister for Stadia, Nick Street, will be at the desk with us here in the studio. And Nicole Bresnahan, fire him into him, who is the vice captain of the North Melbourne AFLW side. They'll be in Hobart this weekend for round one against St Kilda. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. We'd love to hear from you on the Kia Tassie open line this morning. Here for Harrison Agents, of course, we are Tasmanian. You've just got back, as we said, from Australia A. Judy's got a text in too on the Kia Tassie open line already. Was Tim the batting coach for the Aussies during the week? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was an assistant coach. Assistant coach. Yeah, no, they had a batting coach, bowling coach. And because I think of the role I'm doing, I sort of just float in. So I had a pretty good role. I did throw a lot of balls yes. to our batters. Um, but no, I won't be taking credit for that. <laughs> now, just on that too, we talked about the SEN Tassie bump during the week. This is where the guests we've had on yep. have gone on to do great things in the days and weeks after. Again, their that was probably my fault because I did put in our text group, didn't I? When Caleb was on sixty or seventy and not out, said it's it's working again here, boys. <laughs> and then the next morning he got out. So. Does that count as a bump though? That's not too bad enough. For, no, he for was lemon. still probably the pick of the batters. Mm. To be fair, so. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll claim it. I think that so is too. for sure. But so, but mother cricket got us there, didn't it? So there's a thing if you if you get too far ahead of yourself in cricket and you actually say it, it, it normally backfires. And I actually had another one with young Western Australian player up there, Josh Phillippe. So I was working pretty closely with him this week because he's he's the wicketkeeper for the next Australia A game. But he was he was there training, and we had a catch and a bit of a hit in the first morning. Then we came down and we we rolled him for 147, and then we were one for. A few going pretty well, and Flip and I were sort of sitting there early day two. And we thought, Whoa, it's Tuesday, 
We've bowled them out for 140. If we get 330, we'll probably skittle them again in a day. Mm-hmm. Flipper said, do you reckon I book us a lunch for two down at oh. the Burley Heads Pavilion on, on Thursday at 12 o'clock? I said, <laughs> I reckon you should. <laughs> and, then, and then we end up getting flogged. So it was one of the great um, mother crickets coming back to bite us. But yeah, so we'd book the lunch for Thursday, 12 o'clock, just the two of us, just a bit of a wicket keepers convention. I didn't mind that. Um, but in the end, didn't get to go down there. So, oh well, uh, what, in it. what did happen there? It was one of the you skittled them pretty well in the first innings, and yeah, we apart. did. We bowled really well in the first innings, but we won the toss and bowls a bit soft, and there was a little bit in it, and then probably didn't bat as well as what we should have in the second innings. We should have had a bigger lead, and then day three was probably the best day for batting, and they certainly made the most of that. And then on day four, the cracks actually came into play, so it was actually pretty difficult to bat. So, um, again, you got to bat really well in your first innings if you want to win. And we unfortunately left the door open and um, they had a few good players in their side as well who cashed in. Got a text here on the Kia Tassie open line. I struggle to say the Western Bulldogs haven't made finals. That's from Craig <laughs> in Rosny. Thank you, Craig, for your text. 0437 552 What do you struggle to say? Is there a particular word or, or something that you can't get out? We'd love to hear from you this morning. Can we chat as well about what happened last week when I was away? What happened? Well, I set up the office in Brisbane. Everything mm-hmm. was ready to go. I was chatting through the line to Link in Melbourne. We were all sweet. Came through. Nah, Brent, Brent, you, you're giving me that one on the screen. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. said, okay, we're having some problems here, Link. They, the studio can't hear me. I can hear them. They can't hear me. So this has gone on for, what, 15 minutes? Good 15, I reckon. Yeah. And in that time, you're sitting. You're actually sitting in this seat. Yep. Which, by the way, I found a little bit bit uncomfortable, <laughs> but that's okay. You're sitting in this seat, basically with your feet up here. Oh, like please! That, I'd never reading have my the feet paper up here. here. Yeah. Now I was looking at you because the screen was right there, and I remember I can see the exact moment when you realised that the paper was over this. What's this thing called? That's a a uh, uh, well. A mixer? A mixer where all yeah. the sound stuff is. And what, yes. what had you not done? What well, had you forgotten on. to do? You'd Why forgotten you to it? turn the studio volume up. When have you ever come in and controlled that mixer? That's exactly. That's not our job. That's, that's my job. job. I do that. You do not I do that, that every you single time. Not. That's why it's on my side. Absolute rubbish. Oh, can you believe he's thrown you under the bus there, Hammer? <laughs> he had his feet up. He was in the, in the number one chair and, and got a little bit ahead of himself, didn't he? Feet up on the desk, newspaper open. And forgot to turn the studio oh, sound up. You know, I think we blame Wisey. Yeah, Wisey, actually. <laughs> well, they just brought me in a coffee this morning, yes. so I tend to side with him. I'm going, Brent, that was just lazy. <laughs> and that's why I said, listen, get me on a flight Thursday night. Get me back in the studio because it was a bit like, um, who said it in the AFL? It was like Rue said about St Kilda. The standards in this place just dropped a little bit on Monday. Well, ratings and I had to come back and tidy it up, whip it back into order. The numbers would tell you a very different story, Tim. You might want to get those from management. I'll get them. And have a listen. Someone would have them. Look you back like, at those. You sound like Flash. <laughs> um, now, I've got some breaking news this morning. We well, talk we about football clubs going in into recess. Football clubs in Tasmania going into recess and going broke. And it's a way that times will... I can tell you another football club's about to go broke in the next month because... Somehow, and I don't know how this has happened because this man doesn't typically go north of Oatlands, but 
Our man is going to be a guest speaker at the South Launceston Bulldogs annual AFL Grand Final luncheon. I am. Nice. I am. Good on you, Tim, for going back and doing something for community Thank you. community football. I'm assuming you're doing that for free. No, no. I had uh, it's a absolutely freebie from me, and, and I had one condition. Oh. One condition <laughs> I had. You can ring South Launceston. I don't think I'm getting paid for it. But I did oh, have one. Tim, I did. How can think... you sit there and say that with a straight face? I'm I'm 100% positive, actually. I'm not taking any money for that. I'm not. Sorry, I'm not buying that. I'm going to and investigate it. I had my... one condition, and that was that you didn't MC it. <laughs> and who did we get? Well, here it tells me Rick Fontaine does a very good job. Yeah. Michael Roberts, Michael co-MCs. Roberts. Featuring co-MCs. Michael I said Roberts I like an MC with a nice flowing flock of hair. <laughs> oh, did you? And they got him in. So, oh, You and Simon Black. Uh, Black, you whip him into a frenzy. Not sure about you. Yeah, well, um, but good combination that? there, though. $150 a person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've done the numbers in my head. I think they're going to lose some, money some out of this. Some 200-odd going, I believe, too. So, And you're doing it for free? Yes, I am. Right. Chop that out, and I'm going to research this during I the am. week. And once we know for a fact that he's not, which I know for a fact he wouldn't be doing it for free, we'll play this back. Well, we can ring Tim Coyle. He, he's sort of organised well, my part in it, and I'm doing it for the love. I'm actually paying for my petrol to fare to get up there. Jeez. <laughs> Next thing you'll tell us, he's walking up there or something. Another lie. Some of us like to give back to local sport and community, Brent, and I think you should take a leaf out of my book. Stopped charging everyone a fortune for you to come in and MC these nights. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. What have you done for free before? Uh, let us know on the key Tassie open line. We'd love to know what. Uh, I've got a text in here. The ATL will be chasing this cash job. <laughs> That's <laughs> from not, David on the text. It's no cash. <laughs> Absolutely zero. We'll see. We'll see. Um, now, it's got here in the run sheet too, Brent and Pony asking Hammer to hold more receipts in a kitchen drawer. Absolutely. Well, we've dropped a few bombs on this show, and we have told Hammer just to keep them aside for when we need them to come up again, when some news breaks that we might have mentioned on the show before. Well, see, he says it's keeping receipts. If yeah. I'm the producer, I just look at that as doing my job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, we're not asking anything out of anything extraordinary here, are we? He's having a whinge about it. Sorry, I've just got a text through from Tim Corr. said there's actually 300 people going to the South Launceston final lunch. So imagine that. You get a free guest speaker and 300 people. The club's going to raise a fortune. <laughs> they need a thousand there to make any money to pay you. Um, as I said, big show ahead this morning on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to talk to the Sports Minister, Nick Street, who will join us live. If you've got a te- uh, text in uh, for Nick Street, let us know. 0437 552 Plenty to talk to the Sports and Stadia Minister about. As we mentioned, Nicole Bresnahan, too, will join us on the show. She's in town on Sunday for North Melbourne's AFLW season opener against St Kilda at Blunston Arena. Andrew Jenkins from Taz Racing will join us as well. We've got a guest tips to come yes. out, too. Your mate Damien Wright is in the hot seat yep. this week. Tassie cricket legend and legend. fan favourite. He took Fiverr in the in the first ever Shield win. So, Remember unfortunately, well. we've put him on a really short segment because otherwise he'll come on and talk about that for 25 <laughs> minutes. We just, I've said, mate, you've got two minutes. Quick tip and off, and no swearing. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. That's all ahead for you here on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. We are here for Harrison Agents. We are Tasmanian. Back with more next here on the show. 
20 past seven on this Friday morning. Good morning to you, wherever you're listening to us, right across Tasmania, Australia, or around the world via the SEN app. Uh, get us on the Kia Tassie open line to 0437 uh, as George has done this morning, good morning, SEN Tassie team. Please ask the sports minister, is Mac Point Stadium able to host A-League soccer games? So we will get to that with the sports minister a little later in the show. Brent, can you just read me out the top line there of that text message tell, from Tim Coyle? From Tim Coyle. Tell Brent to ring me. It's free. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. But, we, okay. No, 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 no. That's all. Now, and at the start of the show, you ask listeners to text in things that they can't say. Mm-hmm. Say sorry. <laughs> I, nah. uh, say, w- say you were wrong. Well, sorry. And but... let's move on with the show. <laughs> but Thank you. What's the you contra- were wrong. What's the contra deal there? Nothing. <laughs> Play on. <laughs> Good morning, Coily, too. Superstar of Tasmania. Get him on Icon. soon. Absolutely, we should. Absolutely, we should. I want to get on to some AFL talk with you, though. We had the AFL Awards during the week, All-Australian team, among other major awards. What did you make of it all? Did you have any issues with the All-Australian team, first oh, of all? Well, of course you have issues. You could make a million issues with it. You're trying to pick 22 players out of how many? A lot. So I just think you celebrate the 22 that were in it and don't pick apart. the great. They've always, You don't get in the All-Australian team without having a great year. That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be very, very good players who have had good seasons who don't get in it because there's only 22. Correct. And as they say, someone has to come out if you want to put this person in. They you can't, do. you know, someone's going to have to miss out. I would just like, I would like to sit inside the, the final thing and, and so what is the actual criteria? Yep. Because for me, the one thing is it's very subjective, obviously. Like Dustin Martin's numbers were extraordinary. Number of players who weren't in it, Liberatore. But what, yeah, why and how did they decide on the guys that were in those spots ahead of them? Maybe it's obviously it, a reason. Yeah. And, it, you know, there's a number of voices on that panel too. They have to decide it. So it's not just one voice picking it. That'd be They'd great to agree. sit in and listen to it would. some strong opinions in there as well. But, yeah, I think every year we pick apart the negatives of it rather than celebrate the All-Australian team. I agree. This, these are you? the 22. Well done to them. It does cause debate, though. You don't have that debate a lot. That's what this radio show's... Uh, I agree, you have the debate, on. but people get so strong and so, you know, angry yeah. about it. It's like, mm. it's okay. It's They're not going anywhere to play. It's just a, it's just an award. Here's one for you, and this is what I was debating with my mates the other night. How do you become the all-Australian boundary umpire? Now, I know, I'm not... Please don't think I'm having a crack at the umpires. They do a wonderful job, but I'm just wondering what you need to do. Are you tossing the ball in better than another boundary umpire? Are you calling more out in the fools? Or what are you, what are you doing to get that role? Um, well, I would imagine, and I could be wrong, but I would imagine they would have a review of their performance every week. Mm-hmm. Would they not? Yep. I don't dis- disagree with that. So I think they'd sit in, and it would be some sort of rating tool, and maybe at the end of the year, this guy's at this What's because it? he's... Well, there'd though? be a number of things. There'd be... Uh, his positioning, because you don't want the boundary umpire stuck up one end of the ground if it's going out mm-hmm. in the forward flank and he's miles away because you're wasting time. He's not there to throw the ball in. That'd be the first one. The second one is certainly the skill of throwing the ball in. You think that order that pretty well though, wouldn't you? If well, you do. But I watched the other night and there was, you know, late in the game, a guy was landing him four or five meters short all okay. the time. Fair enough. Other big news during the week as well. Adam Simpson remaining at I West liked Coast. It. I liked it. You you didn't because you wrote him off. Well, you liked it because your man Justin Langer was the one that probably made the call. Well, I think backed him in. That's probably a big call to say that it was just him. I reckon he had a big second year on the board. He probably had a big say. 
I reckon. Uh, yeah, well, we wouldn't be shy in giving his opinion, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought. And I would, knowing him as how loyal he is, you again, you would need a really good reason to get rid of someone. Why would you Especially get... someone who's done so much for your club. Mm-hmm. But I think we, I spoke about it ages ago on the show. If they did go down this track, the thing I do love about it is it shows that they are probably more connected internally than people give them credit for. And they're, they've obviously got a vision of where they're going. And they think they're on the right track. They knew this was going to happen. And they think that this is the best man to take them forward. I actually love the courage of backing him in and doing what you think is right and not bowing to... To pressure of media or public or, or whoever puts pressure on to sack all these coaches because we've spoken about it a few times like mm-hmm. it's it's out of control at times the sacking of coaches or the want for people to sack coaches i'm with you oh, and, and they were strong from the outset they seemed to wobble there for a little a bit after the free a game it was yeah wasn't it? and then and then they, they got back on track and and they're going to have some tough times ahead. So why bring a new coach in to go through the rough times? You've got a guy there that is experienced that can... <coughs> yeah, so can you lead think he's it. going to do two years and then be done? Well, that's I think that's what's left on his contract. So it depends how they go, I suppose. If they are coming out of it and they're looking okay, maybe he gets an extension. I was going to say that can't be his intention. No, it wouldn't be his, I wouldn't have thought. You wouldn't be thinking, I'm going to go through what All I've just time, gone yeah. through, two years already, yep. probably another one next year, and then maybe some improvement in his last year. And then say, oh, here you go, Dean Cox. Have this team with all these draft picks and a new fitness man and a new CEO. Mind you, it might be a good time to change everything over then. Mm. Well, let us know your thoughts on the Kia Tassie open line. We'd love to hear from you, 0437 552 Has West Coast done the right thing by sticking by Adam Simpson? Love to know your time thoughts. Time will tell. Morning, boys. This is on the Kia Tassie open line. Do you think Collingwood made a mistake by recruiting Dan McStay and allowing Ollie Henry to go to Geelong? Which player had the better season? Well, yeah, Dan McStay, uh, Hammer's a Collingwood man. I think he's, he needs to do a bit more heading into the finals. Thumbs up or down, Hammer? Uh, Hammer's wavering. Ned- Again, this is like yeah. his Tassie Sports Star <laughs> of the Week. <laughs> the question, Make a call, thumbs Hammer. up or thumbs down? Oh, he's giving him a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. No, I think, I mean, I think they, could, they could use some more out of Daniel McStay. I haven't seen enough of Henry either, though, to be fair. But what about? Know, I feel like McStay is always, he, to be fair, he's given what he is, isn't he? I think Brody. What were we expecting him to come down and kick 60 goals and dominate in the Brody forward line? Brody has to do a lot of the heavy lifting in Collingwood's forward line, yeah. in my opinion. And that's my argument as well. We love Brody Majacek. He's a Tasmanian, but mm-hmm. I don't think Brody Majacek and Dan McStay are winning me a flag. They'll help. I'll tell you who you've seen a lot of. Darcy Parrish. It looks like he's signed that five-year deal to remain at Essendon. He How much? Six years. Uh, not sure. Well, it was reported he wanted six. We yeah. don't know that. Well, it's a fact. It sound like it was it's sticking, not gospel. sticking point by the sound of it. But no, five years. And that's a pretty good... As Jerry Waitley said on Friday, that's, a, that's exactly where it should be. Five years. I think, too. Five years is a long time. It is. Like... I'm not a huge fan of the long, long-term deals, but if I wanted a five-year deal, I want an All-Australian mm-hmm. star. And he's very good, but he's not quite there. He's not that. quite there. Not at the moment. He's just, as we said, at times he teases, though, yeah, and you he think does. he's away here. He's flying. It's in his the disposal. middle of last year, he was incredible, mm. but he was incredible when we were really poor. Um, yeah, and at the moment, start of the year, you thought, oh, he's away here, and then his kicking lets him down. But... Mm. Um, what about he, he was pretty strong in his statement yesterday too, saying he believes in the group, he believes in the club and what they can achieve. So, I mean, they say that all the time when they sign, but I would imagine he had offers to go elsewhere. And he's oh, no obviously chosen to stay. Mm-hmm. 
people people say yesterday he chose loyalty over success. Yes, I saw but, that. but that's but when people choose success over loyalty, we slam them. Yeah, that's right. So you can't have it both ways. And I think he's a he's a very good player. So if he has a good year or two, then it's it's worth it. But what? it's yeah, five years is a long time. What about a Sava Radigalia? They reckon five million over seven years. That's that's a little above his price tag, I would have thought, Sava. A good, he, he does well, yep. but is he in that bracket of payment? Well, if it, I think if you look where Hawthorne are right now, they would probably be able to front load that quite a bit. So, yeah, it looks like a lot, but by the time he's in his third and mm-hmm. fourth and fifth year, the good young players that they've got, their money will come up, and I imagine his comes down, whereas next couple of years, they've got a very young team who they wouldn't be filling out a lot of that. Well, they'd be filling out your salary cap because you've got to, but it, mm. you know what I mean? They, they would, yep. they would front end that deal mm-hmm. undoubtedly. So you get him for the, you're probably playing overs, but he's exactly what they need, isn't he? A big-bodied player, and Sam Mitchell has shown he's a pretty intelligent coach. He'll go and recruit exactly the position and the roles that he needs. So I think they know their list better than anyone else. Five years, seven years, five million looks a lot, but as I said, if you front end it. It'll yep. fit pretty well with where their list and their pay structure sits, I would imagine. Texting on the Kia Tassie open line, McStay has been solid when not injured. Henry chose to leave. So that's that listener's view there. Thanks for your text. And you can get us as well on 0437 552 You might have a question for Nick Street, the sports minister, Nicole Bresnahan from North Melbourne's AFLW side. Or maybe our next guest, Andrew Jenkins, will join us after this to talk all things racing. Thanks to Taz Racing here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Here for Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. Welcome back to SEN Tassie Breakfast, 32 minutes past 7 o'clock. And now thanks to Taz Racing. Taz Racing matters to Tasmanian. It's why we race. The CEO joins us on the line, Andrew Jenkins. Welcome, AJ. G'day, Bruno. Welcome to spring. How are you? Yeah, it is spring, isn't it? Today, that's uh, you can tell too yeah, when you get out of bed. First and of the month, I forgot that. Even leaving work last night, five o'clock, beautiful bright light. You weren't light still there at five o'clock. AJ, he's been lying through his teeth all morning this morning. <laughs> AJ, you are uh, in New South Wales, the Eureka coming up tomorrow night, which is very, very exciting for us from a Tasmanian perspective, which is obviously the the richest harness race in is it in the world. Absolutely, richest harness race in the world. And yeah, coming to you live from up here at um, Club Menangle, rather. We're just out the back of the um, retention bar with uh, some of the best horses in the country getting ready to roll for uh, tomorrow night. And of course, we've got uh, Magician going around representing uh, Tassie. And yeah, it is indeed the world's richest harness race worth $2.1 million. First prize, just a lazy mill. Seven, so Oof. seven figures if you salute the judge. Are we a chance? Oh, look, um, some very, very good horses going around, Painey. But, um, look, Magician's drawn uh, drawn five. Uh, and if, if Todd can get him settled and uh, and he gets a decent run, look, you, you never know. He'll be he'll be long odds. But um, one thing we know about um, the Magician, he, he will not give in. He will just battle to the line. Fingers crossed. And uh, Sunday, we've got the last Gallops meeting at Elwick before the track renovation. Yeah, we do. Yeah, going around Father's Day uh, at Elwick and then... Uh, we'll give the track a break for uh, 10 weeks, full renovation. Um, it's still a really immature or, or young track, so we give it quite a bit of time, and then it'll be uh, ready to roll for uh, the, the back end of spring and into into our summer festival. But um, look, do need to call out um, Chris Hay and um, 
the rest of our track management team have uh, just had our weekend super conditional throughout the, the past season so that the boys and girls have done a, a really terrific job out there. Andrew Jenkins, the CEO of Taz Racing, is our guest on SEN Tazzy Breakfast this morning. AJ, the inevitable first up in the Group 1 Memsey. Scratched, Breno. Scratched. Oh, yeah, no. Yesterday, really, um, yeah, such a shame. Um, he, uh, The little fella had a, a good uh, grass gallop over a thousand um, uh, a week or so ago around the track and um, all was heading well. But, um, yeah, I saw he was scratched yesterday. I hadn't had a chance to um, to speak with the stable. But, um, look, best wishes to um, to Connections and um, uh, and uh, all at the stable and uh, hope, um, hope he comes through well. I'll have to get the bear on the line yeah, what for an shame. inside scoop yeah. there. He has he must be upset with us, not let us know. Um, <laughs> and, AJ, what's, uh, what's up for you on Father's Day, mate? Are you heading to the track? Yeah, look, I will be paying you. I'll be jumping on the plane uh, Sunday morning back from uh, Sydney straight out to uh, Elwick, and we'll actually have Father's Day out there with um, uh, with my dad and, uh, and my two boys. So, yeah, we'll get amongst the races and uh, have a meal up there. More than a sport, more than an industry, visit itswawirace.com.au and imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Nice to speak to you, as always, Andrew Jenkins. We'll catch you on Monday. Thanks so much, boys, and you have a great Father's Day on Sunday yourselves. Thank, Thank you, you very man. much. Andrew Jenkins from Taz Racing, the CEO, joining us on SEN Tazzy Breakfast this morning. We're off to a break on the other side, but we're getting a US Open update from our man Brett Phillips here on SEN Tazzy Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. 41 minutes past 7 o'clock. It's time now for a US Open update. US Open is now streaming on Stan Sport. Every match ad-free, centre court in 4K and also thanks to the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC.tennis. And to bring us up to speed on everything happening over there in the US is our man, Brett Phillips. G'day, BP. Yeah, morning, gents. Uh, yeah, been a great morning for Alex uh, Demonor, our number one Aussie, our number one hope at the US Open. And I don't know if I've seen Alex play uh, a quicker match than one hour and 27 minutes uh, out on court today for the Demon. Out on court number 13, up against a really talented player from China, Wu Bing who missed about three years of tennis, came back last year, ranking in the 1800s, a long way from uh, the top 50, I can tell you. And he just went on an absolute tear. And he was a former US Open junior winner, but he had no answer for Alex uh, today. Tactically played a great match. Look, he serves, certainly got a lot more pop on it. He uh, plays the uh, the lob as good as anyone I've seen. It's just his smarts, Alex, to anticipate, to read. He's a nightmare. If you're facing him at the other end of the court, you know he's going to get to every ball and you've got to hit a lot of balls to beat him. So he's opponent to be determined. Probably the big Chilean, Nicholas Jarry, who's uh, about six foot something and serves big. And uh, that'll be a challenge if uh, Jarry gets through. But yeah, Alex, all you can do is tick the boxes he has and he's done that really well. Fantastic. How about the heartbreaking news of Isla Tomlanovic having to withdraw from the Open BP? Um, pretty sad stuff. Yeah, been a tough year, hasn't it? Uh, you know, after last year beating Serena, ending her career, two quarterfinals last year, just has not got out of the blocks with the knee and, and then, of course, plays around, which took a bit out of her. Uh, and then uh, we, we were told the exact uh, injury um, reason given yesterday was right forearm. So she did hit a lot of balls in that match uh, in her first round. And, yeah, we didn't get to see her play uh, Elena Rybakina, which was disappointing. Uh, Rinky Hidjikata, you know, is the other good story from an Aussie perspective. Sometimes the draw in Grand Slam tennis just opens up for you, and he's played two unseeded players. He's just cracked the top 100. 
And he's got another uh, unseated player, Zhang of China, who knocked out the fifth seed, Casper Ruud, uh, yesterday. So Rinky could maybe make a fourth round, maybe more, and yeah, it's a great result for him. What are they... Sorry there, BP. I tapped the sound off there. What are the keys for Alex winning his next his next round matchup? Well, the good part is, you know, he's got enormous self-belief now. And he the, the calibre of player he's beaten in the last 12 months, it was the only box we needed Alex to tick. He had a horrible record against the top five, top ten, competitive with the rest. But now he's started to beat some good players. So he actually steps out and believes he's probably 50-50 against these good players. So if he keeps bringing his assets to the table, then he's just a hard player to play. He flattens the ball out. He's got the speed to get around. His approach shots are terrific. The way he can get the ball into the corners, get players into uncomfortable areas to return. And it's the amount of balls he makes back into play. By today, I think he was up around the mid-80s. That's, that, that's just balls into play, into rallies. He doesn't miss too many, Alex. He doesn't make a lot of unforced errors. So if he can bring all these assets, then he, he's a chance every match he goes out to play. The US Open is now streaming on Stan Sport. Every match ad-free, centre court in 4K. Brett Phillips, thanks so much for the update, mate. Thank you, gents. BP, our tennis expert here at SEN. And Tim, you know what that's called? That's called karma, my yep. friend. Brent, yep. you this, you that with your fader on <laughs> Monday. And old mate forgets to put on his button. And yes, you are in charge of the, uh, the mixer. I am. I Mother chatting. Cricket gets you again. Chatting away to hammer. Sorry, listeners, that was my bad. Goodness <laughs> me. Alicia said sorry. Now, I want to talk to you about some cricket, but before we do, here's some audio of you speaking about Tim David from a few weeks ago. And bring Tim David into my team. Mm, at seven on paper, but be able to move him up wherever I need him effectively because he's got more power than really anyone in the country and he can hit the ball to the moon. So... Hasn't played a lot of fifty uh, cricket, da- but just for a World Cup. You got your wish, and he's come back into the side and gone bang. He has. He, he, I watched him a bit last night, the night before, sorry, in the T20, and it, it, it is extraordinary how hard he hits the ball. Him and Mitch Marsh going blow for blow there for a little while. So I think, again, he's T20 form, his first T20 in South Africa, he's brained him, and I think the Aussie selectors have thought, hang on, we could use that in 50 over cricket, which we've already touched on. And, and I think up. in India, on those smaller grounds... If he's batting in the last 15 overs of a 50-over match, he could be absolutely devastating. So I'm rapt to see that they've taken a bit of a punt because he hasn't played any 50-over career. I think he played a few games for Western Australia and maybe one or two for Tassie, a few for Surrey maybe. Um, but, yeah, to put him into that squad, give him have a good look at him at that level uh, in that format. And like I said, I think he's got the ability to win us World Cup matches. Let's talk about the first T20. A nice start for Australia in that game. What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I think the – and I've been just been up in Brisbane with Australia A as well, so I've seen the young talent that was on display there. Although they didn't play well in their first game, they've, most of those guys have come out of a winter and not playing any cricket, so it was their first game. And then the T20 side that played against South Africa the other night with no really big Australian cricket names, no Stark, no Smith, no Cummins, no Labuschagne, all those sort of test players out of the side. We got a real look to the future of what talent we have got in this country. Um, I thought, as I said, Tim David was amazing. Mitch Marsh in his first game was captain, was fantastic. Uh, Spencer Johnson played his first game. Matthew Short, who's an opening batter from Victoria, played his first game. And Tanvi Sanger took four for 31 on debut. How about after, that too? After Oof. finding out about two or three yes. hours before the game, I think that he was actually playing. But again, anyone who's played with him or trained with him at the Sydney Thunder or Cricket New South Wales speak really highly about him. 
And I thought the performance the other night in South Africa was pretty close to perfect, to be honest. I thought we were brilliant in the field. We were fantastic with the ball. Um, and again, with Tim David, Mitch Marsh batting together there for a little while, it was you couldn't take your eyes off the telly. So exciting times. Um, and yeah, really young team and a really, really entertaining cricket team to watch at the moment. So it's an exciting time. Just quickly too, because I want to get to a couple of other sports, but you're off to the BBL, WBBL draft on Sunday. Looking forward to that and some of the players you're about to pick Yeah, on. looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fascinating. I think a lot of players will be, a lot of teams will probably be looking for the same same types of players or same big name players, if you like. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, obviously, we, we've got, um, we being Adelaide strikers, got Rashid Khan and have had him for a long time. So we've got pick two. Um, so we'll probably have to use our retention pick because normally the first team will read his name out. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who retains who because some every club's obviously got a few retention picks. We heard Sally Ann Beams the other day talk about whether they will do that with a shut-up Khan um, or whether you take the risk that he hopefully falls through to um, the next round. So again, it's fascinating. It's things that in cricket we haven't had to deal with until last year, so it's still new, whereas this stuff in, in footy with the draft... Um, and swapping picks and all that sort of stuff is is new to cricket and r really exciting. So I think it's on telly as well. So it'll be interesting to to watch and see how it all pans out. Just in some other news closer to home, South Hobart FC has submitted a proposal for the National Second Tier Soccer League. We might ask Nick Street about that a little bit later on, the Sports Minister, but that's an exciting proposal too, the, the second tier, which would sit under the A-League. Right. And so they want to go in it? Yes. Right. Represent Tasmania okay. in that competition. Will we not have the Devonport Strikers in that? Well, they made any noise about joining it. South okay. Hobart have been very vocal about wanting to, to join. So they'd come out of our competition. I think that's of a team, but they'd have a their their first team would be in that. Okay, I, I'd imagine that's how it would work. Hey, the Boomers too defeated Japan the other night. As you were worried about that game, that they got the job done. <laughs> I was worried about it. You said you were. You said it was. I said if we don't beat them, yeah, I wasn't at all you worried were, I about said, it. No problem. No, no problem. Hamish, get the audio up. Get the audio up. I think it was you as well. It's a bit of a tricky game. I said, mate, if we can't beat Japan, well, our next game, we might have some issues. Yes, Luka Doncic, of course. Slovenia, that's going to be a very, very tough matchup. So looking forward to that. Uh, rematch, of course, of the bronze medal matchup from the Tokyo Games. And what about this too? Together with the Mercury, we're looking for Australia's basketball super coach. Now, we forecast this last week. We want to start off... Uh, a show competition or a show league, don't we? Which an SEN an Tasmania. SEN. Yeah, that'd be good. NBL league. Prize pool including cash, merch, and NBL experiences worth over $10,000 for your local club, your coach, and you. Plus, register to play Supercoach for your chance to win a bonus two and a half grand as well. Head to iCanWin.com.au for more details. Has, has Hammer set that up yet? I don't reckon he we has. We need league details set up, Hamish, and I think we get the first five texters come in. They join us. So we'll go you, me, Brent, Hammer, Jeevesy, and Flash, plus five of our listeners. We've got Lucas Peters on board already. He's already requested a spot. Four spots left. Four spots left. Let us know if you'd like to be part of our Super Coach NBL competition. We've got a text in here on the Kia Tassie open line 0437 552 Cannot sack Bear, then ask him for the scoop. That's probably fair enough. That's fair. <laughs> and that, I think that is directed at Hamish as well, not <laughs> us. We didn't sack him. <laughs> he gives those scoops for the big players of SEN now. Thank you, David. Can we get a text in that was meant for another show? Kane as well? and Kingy, your thoughts on should the loser of the first final for the top one to four sides lose their home ground rights? It's one of the more then, ridiculous things I've ever heard I, in my life. I don't understand. Imagine if you finished third and had to play Brisbane 
up there and lost. Yes. And then you had to go to Adelaide to play Port, something like that. That's and good. you finished third and you played two away finals. Not sure what that texture was. Well, um, who was that from? Don't know. Okay. Can't help you with that. Don't, don't send that to this show. Send that to Kane and Kingy. We don't <laughs> want to deal with that sort of stuff. I'll tell you what we've got coming up next. That's our guest tipster for the weekend. Enormous pressure on this responsibility at the moment. Uh, we've got Gene Fair to tip us into one last week. Up next, though, it's the former superstar Tasmanian he, Tiger. He's got a good record under pressure as well. Damien Wright fair. joins us quickly after this for his tip for the weekend here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. Yes, four minutes away from 8 o'clock. We're up and firing on this Friday morning. Now, a big part of the show since we've started, Tim, has been our racing tip of the week. And most people have stuffed it up. Gene Fair, the chairman of Taz Racing, came on last week, got the job done for us. And he's said now that he wants to pass the baton on to someone else. Yeah, so he'll come in and mop up the mess if someone doesn't get it if right. If we go two weeks without a win, Gene will come back and, and mop it, it up for us. So. So uh, we're going to our racing expert here this morning. Uh, superstar cricketer Damien Wright joins us on the line. Hey, Wrighty. Bruno, how are you, mate? I'm flying, thank you, and hope you are too. Now, this is a big responsibility. Have Huge. you studied the form guide and have you got a tip well, for us for this weekend? Just before well, he does go, Brent, I have never been more confident in a tipster <laughs> coming on because I've spent a bit of time with Wrighty on Saturdays. And to my knowledge... From the conversations I've had with him, he has never ever put a bet on that's lost. <laughs> so we are home and hosed here. Well, yeah, I'm feeling the pressure. I tell you, lads. I know Gene Fair was on last week and, uh, and saluted, didn't he, for you? And he did. Um, I'm in a punters. I'm in a punters club with him and his uh, and his father Glenn and brother-in-law Shawnee Stevenson and. Ted said he hasn't been able to pick his nose, so I don't know how he did that. <laughs> uh, but, but he's, so I was pretty happy he was on there. So the pressure's on me, absolutely. But um, I don't know. The, the criteria, I know we've talked about it plenty a bit, but the criteria, is it got to be a, a Tassie horse? or um, we'll, we'll take either just... a Tasmanian horse or in a, a Tasmanian race Okay, right. on our oh, shores. I don't, I don't mind it, right? if yeah, you want to pick someone from the mainland. No, if you want to go rogue, yeah, go rogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I, I was going to go with the inevitable, and as, as I heard earlier, it was scratched and disappointing news that is. So I, I would have went for that if that was a Tassie play before us. But I've got a, I've got a, a sure thing, boys, a sure thing here. Ooh. Race eight, number six, Aspora at uh, in Caulfield tomorrow. Um, massive day. It's Henry Dwyer trained horse, and a good friend of mine is in on it as well. Oh, um, no, I don't that. like it when people bet with their hearts. <laughs> yeah, it's a sure thing. Mate, listen, if it doesn't get up, our next catch-up for a coffee, it'll be my shout. Oh, hang All on, right. I'll do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Now, actually, uh, Roddy, just before we let you go, we want to get you on properly too in the not-too-distant future to talk about your wonderful career, but uh, the former co- your former coach, Tim Call has texted him before saying Tim Payne's definitely doing this job in Launceston for South Lonnie Footy Club for free. Does that make your mind boggle like it makes my mind boggle? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's Well, I've got to drive him up for it, Breno. So he's not free, is he, you know? Um, uh, yeah, he, he, he is, mate. He is. It's a great, great thing we're doing up there um, with the uh, South Lonnie Footy Club. And um, the Coily's been unreal for us too with our little, our little branch beach club and, and uh, so we've got a bit of a day up there, so it should be good fun. Well, very nice. So as I said, mate, we'd love to get you back on the show properly soon, but we look forward to seeing how your horse runs this weekend. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great weekend. No, you too, boys, and happy Father's Day on Friday, lads.
Good on you, Dave. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Roddy. Now, I've got a text in here too from one of our great pals, Ben Harrison, Pony, who yes. has just informed me that the AFL Premiership Cup is making its way down to the Twin Ovals on Wednesday, the 6th of September, between 4 and 8 p.m. This year's AFL Premiership Cup coming to Tigerland. Photo opportunities available for the public. So make sure you get really? down there and check out the AFL Premiership Cup Twin Ovals between 4 and 8 this Wednesday, the 6th of September. Sixth. Thank you, Ben, for sending that through. Now, just you before... You should probably get down there, Bruno, because you, as a West Coast fan, you won't be getting anywhere near it. That's as close as you'll get for a long time. Mate, I've got new one in 2018, so that's a very more recent than you have as an Essendon supporter. Now, just forget... Uh, don't forget, to if you're having a punt this weekend, imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Do you want my attention for something? No, you're just right? no. You're good. You're going to tell me to read out the gambling help thing. Yep. Eh? Oh, jeez, you. What a Keep lovely. Keeping an eye out for you, mate. All right, we're going to get to news, sport, and weather. On the other side of it, we're turning our attention to AFLW when the superstar from North Melbourne, Nicole Bresnahan, joins us on the line. That's next year on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. Five past eight, big show in hour one. Plenty more still to come for you here, though, in hour number two. Nick Street, the sports minister, joins us in the back end of the show. Looking forward to that. But now on the line is a superstar from the North Melbourne Football Club. Her AFLW side will open its season here in Hobart on the weekend against St Kilda. It's Nicole Bresnahan. G'day, Bres. Welcome to the show. Morning, Brent. Thanks for having me on. Lovely to talk to you. Now, you must be pumped. Uh, first of all, I'll ask you about you personally because you've been in the leadership group with the Kangas in the past, but uh, officially promoted to vice-captain this season. You must be wrapped with that. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, um, you know, really um, exciting period of time there um, to, you know, go to a live boat, um, you know, be recognised by your peers. But I think, you know, the, the most exciting thing um, this season um, is just the, you know, the group we have, um, you know, we, we've recruited really well in the off-season. Um, and, yeah, I think we've got um, a really good connected group this season, um, which we're really excited to, to see how we perform this weekend in round one. Yeah, Nicole, you start against the Saints on Sunday. They've been probably the busiest team over the trade period. What do you expect from them this weekend? Yeah, it'll be interesting. We've, we've played them a couple of times um, throughout kind of our journey, um, but it will, will be very interesting. I mean, they've got they've had, obviously, a few, few changes, done pretty well with recruiting over the off-season, Lambert probably rolling to the middle up forward and obviously Jesse Wardlaw as well. Um, kind of their, their biggest recruits probably coming in. But, yeah, I, th- I think the Saints, um, you know, match up with us quite well. They like to play a pretty fast brand of footy, pretty attacking. So, um, yeah, it'll be a really good kind of round one opener and, and really good to, to test what we've been working on the last probably four to five months. What about playing here in, in Tassie? Brez, obviously a home game for you. You get to get back and play in front of your, your family and friends. But the club itself has got an incredible record down here as far as AFLW goes. What do you put that down to? Yeah, we do. Uh, undefeated, which is nice. Is down in Tassie. I think it's something in the air, isn't it, down there? Or <laughs> grass is cutting off. Yeah. I don't know. But it's, um, no, it's, we, we do um, play well down in, in Tassie. And to be honest, I know we've only got probably a handful of, of Tasmanians on the list now, but... Yeah, the, the whole squad loves coming and playing down in Tassie. I think, um, yeah, there's this is real passion about it. And I think we do have a really good supporter base down there as well in state, um, which is which is really great. Um, I think it really, yeah, gets us out of the line. But we were down a couple of weeks ago for the community camp. Um, and, yeah, just I think the whole the whole squad really um, loves to bring footy down to, to Tassie. 
Yeah, now you're playing at Blunston Arena this Sunday instead of North Hobart Oval. It's also non-ticketed and free for the public to attend. But what what differences will it present with the, you know the changing ground, the different sizes from Blunston to North Hobart? Yeah, I think Blunston um, is, is a good ground for us, nice and big. Um, yeah, I think we, we've. Um, did a bit of a intra-club down there um, a couple of weeks ago in our community camp. So we've got a little bit more of a feel for the ground, um, you know, which is the more attacking side, which is probably a bit more of a defending side. It kind of, um, yeah, Blunton's a, a real interesting one um, to plan, especially if there's a, there's a little bit of sea breeze coming along. So, yeah, I think um, we'll make sure that we, um, you know, accommodating to the conditions for that game and, and something maybe St Kilda won't, um, might not be aware of. 0437 552 is our text line, the Hobart Kia movement that inspires open line. We've got a text in here from Flash from Latrobe for you, Brez. Uh, can you ask Nicole what difference Kate Sheelaw will make to the team, please? Yeah, no, Flash, she'll be, um, she'll be a great um, you know, addition to our squad. She's, she's been had a, had a great pre-season. Um, and I think, you know, just that, that present probably up forward. We've, we've got a few up forwards, but just working in tandem with the likes of, you know, Talia Randall, Emma King up there, um, and just being having that aerial presence as well, bringing the ball to ground, making sure that our small forwards like uh, Sir Lachlan, Ellie Cavalis get a really good good look at it. But, yeah, no, she's been absolutely huge for us um, in these last couple of months, and I think, yeah, it'd be really exciting exciting to watch her play. So, um, and obviously against her old side as well, I think that'll be that little bit of rivalry there, which will make it all the more sweeter. Yeah, now, Nicole, off the field, you work for AFL Tasmania as a Talent Pathways Operation Manager. How do you balance that while being based in, in Melbourne, firstly? And then how much do you enjoy, I suppose, trying to foster our next generation of Tassie players? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it has its challenges. Um, like, like most of us um, probably have either full-time, part-time, kind of some sort of um, working capacity, but also um, balancing a um, yeah, part-time kind of... Um, playing career but I think the the big thing for me is just that yeah that the flexibility that it's allowed me to be able to still you know go to training get the most out of my playing career I guess while I can and then also um yeah to work pretty flexibly um with the AFL which has been great but yeah I think the the main thing that I've just really loved about it though these last couple of years is just yeah that um being out of being able to see um that next kind of crop of talent and um really provide that pathway um for those Tasmanians, you know, to, to make it uh, potentially at that elite level. I think it's really exciting to watch them kind of grow, but not only, you know, that, that 1% that potentially gets on an AFL or AFLW list, but, you know, being able to really support players in, in terms of what's their next step in their career, whether that's potentially working in footy, coaching, um, you know, umpiring, officiating the game. So, yeah, it, it is really, it's really great to be a part of that um, pathway in Tassie. Have you noticed a real... Um some real depth starting to sort of come into the, the female pathways down here in Tassie? Oh, definitely. I think um, when I kind of first came through, there was probably one full-time staff member working in that space. And, and yeah, now that it's, it's, it's shared across, you know, the girls and, and boys kind of programs with um, staff. So I think that's, um, you know, the um, extension of um, resources and um, the ability to be able to provide as much possible um, as, as many, sorry, um, experiences and um, opportunities as possible um, has been really noticeable in terms of the outcomes and in terms of not only draft players um, that we've been able to achieve, I suppose, um, or AFLW players being able to um, get on list, but the, I suppose, um, you know, grassroots footy as well. It's, 
it's been huge and it's been able to, um, you know, each time I come back, I've been able to see more and more girls and, and women be able to play footy and, and really enjoy the game, which is also what, you know, what we want to see as well. Nicole Bresnahan is the vice captain of North Melbourne's AFLW side. She's our special guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Another text in here on the Kia Tassie Open Laundry. They love uh, talking to you. Brez, this one's actually from the head of AFL Tasmania, Damien Gill. He says, ask Nicole if she's the main reason for the Tasmania Devils' success rather than Jez Webberley. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the hard-hitting questions. I better not say yes because, yeah, Jez is my boss. But, um, <laughs> no, Jez has done, you know, enormous job um, with, with not only the, the boys' team, but, yeah, obviously... The girls as well, and um, he told us that himself really, last week. Actually, <laughs> yeah, he, he, I'm sure he would have as well. But um, yeah, to, just to get some extra brownie points, it is. Yeah, he has done an incredible job with those two groups, and um, yeah, super passionate about it, and, and yeah, great, great person for that that role. If we end up with an AFLW team down here in Tassie wearing the mat, would you? Can you see yourself coming back? <laughs> about a few questions um, about this actually pop up, and I, I feel like it's only. Yeah, they're only going to get more and more and more. But um, I think, you know, it's, it is an interesting one. Like, obviously, I've loved, um, you know, true Tasmanian and, and loved being um, being able to, I suppose, move over to Victoria and, and pursue my um, dream of, of playing at FLW. And, uh, you know, thank, obviously, North Melbourne Football Club for that um, experience. Um, I think, you know, in a couple of years' time, I'm not really sure where I'll, where I'll be, whether they, you know, I've said before, whether they want a bit of a slower halfback event, I'm not sure if I'll be kind of up to the standard by, you know, 2026, 27. But, yeah, I think whatever kind of the outcome is, it, you know, it'd be great to be involved in, in some capacity in the future, um, whether that's kind of like assisting when I'm when I'm back in the States, you know, when I'm hitting that, hitting that 30 mark. But I think at the moment, you know, the focus obviously with the season being so short is, is this season um, and you know th- those those to come at North which I'm really excited about and it's been really you know incredibly um, appreciative of the opportunities that I've been been able to um, have over the last couple of seasons with North. And before I let you go Brez some great news during the week with Elise Barwick getting her chance after being picked up by Gold Coast as an injury replacement player so uh, we've got a fair representation from Tasmania in the AFLW now don't we? Yeah I mean that was you know um, I think you know, an incredible opportunity for her and um, on the back of, um, you know, some incredibly uh, hard work from her, obviously having to move over, um, you know, move state to, to pursue her, um, you know, career or um, playing AFLW. But I think, you know, long-term um, talk of obviously Tassie team, it'd be really exciting that um, eventually in, in the future those, um, you know, girls and boys um, could potentially not have to move away um, to pursue that, that career, which would be really exciting. But... I think, you know, there's um, so many good stories of, that you hear of um, players moving away, um, getting that second opportunity um, that, that might have not have allowed them in their draft year to get on the AFL or AFLW list. But, yeah, I mean, massive credit to Elise. Played with her, um, you know, in some of my um, early days at Clarence. And, yeah, she was an um, incredible player. So really exciting opportunity for her. And, and hopefully um, we'll be able to see a little bit of what she has to offer on an AFLW list. Well, massive weekend for you and your footy club. You're down here on Sunday to take on St Kilda in round one of AFLW. Make sure to get along and watch the ruse this Sunday at Blunstead Arena. As Paney mentioned before, the game is non-ticketed and free to attend. Nicole Bresnahan, all the very best for the upcoming season. Thanks, and thanks so much for joining us on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Thanks. See ya.
That's Nicole Bresnahan, the vice captain of North Melbourne's AFLW side. Plenty of text coming in on the Kia Tassie open line at 0437 555. Morning, boys. Any chance we can get some insight into the upcoming Premier League cricket season? Cheers from Penny from Dodgers Ferry. Well, we might put that in for It'll a come. few weeks' time. It'll exactly. Come. We're a little bit still a little while away, aren't we, from it the is, yep. season starting? Uh, this one, Flash from Latrobe had this at the top of his text in the cold too. Morning, lads. Payne, Latrobe Cricket Club are looking for a guest speaker for our season launch. Do you know if Josh Bean is free? I imagine he would be. <laughs> I imagine he would be. And uh, a lot of interest too in our NBL Supercoach League. So we're just about yeah. full there, I reckon. We have to write these numbers down, Hammer, and you have to set that up over the weekend if you don't mind. That would be great. Uh, and also, hey, Brenton Pony, job. Uh, wondering your thoughts on who the Hurricanes should target in the BBL draft. That's one for you, Tim. I don't know. To be honest, I haven't paid any attention. I've been solely focused on the strike <laughs> That's force. Right. For those that don't know, I, I did hear Sam. So they're talking about an all rounder mm-hmm. that can hit a six um, and pop, probably a middle order batter. Um, just to fit in around, as she said, they have got a really strong local list. So I think those two places they could fill as a middle order batter, um, four or five, and someone who can bowl some overs and hit sixes. Okay. They're not easy to find. We'll find out on Sunday night when the draft takes place in Melbourne. We're here for Harrison Agents. We are Tasmanian on SEN Tassie Breakfast. After this, it's time for Questions Without Notice, the toughest radio segment in Tasmanian sport. On SEN Tassie Breakfast, Questions Without Notice. Yeah, we love this, where we get to fire off a question without notice to each other. And you've got the new ball today, by the way. We do. Now, Breno, you would have watched the JJs, undoubtedly, this week. What can you... Two-part question. What can you tell us about what you saw of Jordan Crawford? Mm. And secondly, would you say he's an upgrade over Josh Majette, Um, who was a fan favourite? Well, firstly, I did watch both games very, very closely and loved everything about Jordan Crawford. He's so small. But... As Mark Radford said when I spoke to him after the small game. Small in basketball coach, terms or small? He, he's he's, big, he'd be a bit taller than me. He's, he? he's, his defence as well as his offence is going to be immense because he's so small and he can get under your, under your guard and you know get down and get the low balls and all that sort of thing. So he's going to be outstanding. Energizer, Bunny. Didn't miss. Kind of. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pocket rocket, if you like. He's but going to be a fan favourite, isn't he? 100%. Is he an upgrade on Jet? Um, well... He's certainly, from a scoring perspective, Let's I think just he say, will be. You love Josh. I do love Josh, and Richard. it's fair to say that Jordan's an upgrade. But you just won't. You just won't say. Can it. I finish? Sorry. As far as point scoring, as far as point scoring goes, I think he'd be an upgrade. He's no. on court leadership. I don't know. I we'll have to wait and see. But Simple. I love what I've seen so far. Do you think he'll be an upgrade over Josh Majet? Depends which part of his game you're talking just about, Tim. Line him up. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. See why I want to call it questions without answers? <laughs> uh, Tim, the AFL made an application to trademark the iconic map emblem this week. Should that be the symbol used on Tasmania's team jersey, do you think? Guernsey, I should say, in football? No. I think we should use it. It, it should be on there somewhere. On the back, maybe? They have the clubs yeah, have on the I, even sort of maybe on the, on mm. the breast. Mm-hmm. But I would like, if we're going to be the Devils or whatever we are, mm. then we go, we go with the Tassie Islanders, then maybe that. But I think you've got to go with whatever our club nickname becomes. Uh, but hopefully the colours are what we are. And we would have a strip, just the old school map, for Heritage Round and anything that's close to a 
clash, I reckon. It'd be great to see it a couple of times a year. But it's, it is the state jumper. It's not the AFL club jumper for me. I was with you originally. I've flip-flopped on this so much because I thought, yep, keep it for rep footy. That's it, the map. But as someone rightly said, so many non-Tasmanians have worn it over the years. So I don't think we can keep that as a sacred thing anymore. When it's no, I don't think by. it's that. It's a, it, We're not going to be called the Tasmanian Devils, are mm-hmm. we? So mm-hmm. the, I like the idea of having that somewhere. I, I don't know. You know, like the old VFL where it had the devil across the front. I, yeah. I sort of envisage something like that in our colours. But I wouldn't be upset to see yeah. the map. But I'm not, my I'm one not. would be I would use it a bit more sparingly. I wouldn't use it as our round in every round. Okay. What about home and away? You can have it for home, maybe don't more suggestion that. away or something I like that. I don't mind that. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'd like to see it on there. Mm. Uh, the Platinum player lists have been released for Sunday's BBL and WBBL draft. I want you to name me one player for the Hurricanes BBL team. Who are you going after? And one player for the WBBL, the Platinum picks. Well, I, I don't know. I, I did say the Platinum list the other day, but I can't remember who's on it. But from a Hurricanes perspective, Shadab Khan, as, as Sally Ann forecast the other day, I think would be a great... Uh, retention pick for us. Yeah. Um, I got the feeling listening to that, though, and I could be wrong, that they were almost hoping that he dropped to gold down. and they'd be able to get him. And I think they're like third Was he or on the platinum pick. list? I can't remember. He's platinum he's and definitely... gold, I think. So, okay. if he, so if no one takes him, I think the Hurricanes will be looking that no one took him in platinum because I think they'll want to prioritise someone else there. And if they don't, if, if Shadab can drop to gold. I don't think they want to retain him with their first pick. So if someone takes him for platinum, it'll be interesting if they retain there. Yes. As far as the the women go, I don't think Lizelle Lee was a platinum player, but it sounds like they're fully invested in keeping her, whether she needs to be taken early or can slide down the list a little bit to keep her services. Yep. We'll wait and see. I think they'll get... Well, she's moved here. She's moved here, yep. Uh, yep. But again, I think they were after that sort of hard-hitting all-rounder. Yep. Who fits that bill, I'm not quite sure. Mm. Well, I heard Molly Strano talk the other day. She liked the look of Amelia Kerr from New Zealand. Yep. Bowling all around. I did see that. It was funny, though. She said, I have no idea, but what I would like (laughs) is this. It was good. Yes. And uh, Marazan Cap, too, would would fit in pretty well. She probably fits that Mm. sort of mould, actually. Uh, Tim, here's a good one for you. Did you have post-match drinks with the Kiwis after (laughs) Australia A New Zealand A? Funnily enough, we did. You did? We did. Oh. Uh, uh, and I've got a little special for the SEN um, socials later on, actually. I took a photo of it. Oh, did you? Of the two teams sitting outside <laughs> in a circle having a beer together. Oh. And it was fantastic to see that one of the oldest traditions <laughs> of not just cricket, of sport, of, of opposition mixing after a tough contest and having a quiet beer and swapping ideas. And I, I thought it was dead. I thought the English killed it after the Ashes, but I have photographic proof that the two teams having a beer after a game in a sporting contest is still well and truly alive. So I had to take a photo when I saw it. It was just, it was beautiful to see. So Hammer, it'll get him fired up. Clip it I'll out. send it through, Hammer. It I will send it through to you, but it, <laughs> it is great to see that it is still alive and the Poms haven't killed that. And good to uh, big shout out to all our friends in the UK who will see this Can't on social wait. media. I'll turn my phone off tonight. <laughs> uh, Breno, we just had Nicole on from the North Kangas, the Tassie Kangas. We're still going with North it? Melbourne Tasmania Kangaroos, right. the official name. Okay, of the team. Tasmanian yeah. Kangaroos. 
Who's your tip to win the AFLW Premiership? Oh, gee, I haven't studied the form guide super well, but I, I think North Melbourne are ready. I mean, they've been around the mark for so long. I think they're due, and I'm going to back our girls in. I reckon it played off and they had that that COVID year where it was disrupted. It didn't didn't happen for them. Um, so look, North Melbourne for me, Tim. All right. Really quick what one about for the you. Bombers. No, nah, too new. Not too new, though. Not established enough yet for me. Uh, quick one for you. Oh, okay, the, Andrew Bogut. You can't <laughs> win it in your first year who, or two, can you? <laughs> who was the uh, player that impressed you the most on the Australia A trip? Well, this will sound bizarre because he didn't actually play. But I did, as I touched on earlier in the show, I spent a lot of time with Josh Philippi either throwing in balls or doing his wicket-keeping with him. And and actually, the bowling coach of Australia was Luke Butterworth, oh. who was up there with me. And I was throwing balls to Butts, uh, to Josh, and Butts was standing there watching. I walked back at one stage and I said, Butts, if I was going to start playing cricket again tomorrow, this is exactly how I would bat. Right. The, the natural talent, if Josh Philippi goes anywhere near filling his potential, he is going to be an absolute superstar. The trick's going to be, how does he get in team because at the moment he's in WA behind Inglis and obviously Kerry and Inglis have got the Australian job so he he needs to be exposed a little bit more which I think is why they've picked him in Australia they can see how good he is we just now need to give him opportunities now to grow so whether that's in a year or two outside of Western Australia I don't know but watching him play or train this week the natural ability that kid's got is off the show We've got to get to new sport and weather. Not too far away, though. The Minister for Sport and Recreation and also Stadia, Nick Street, will join us in the studio. That's not too far away here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. Welcome back to SEN Tassie Breakfast, 33 minutes past 8 o'clock. We're here for Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. And our friend from Chemist Warehouse is in the studio too, Warren Lucas. Welcome to the show, Warren. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on today. Nice to see you, mate. He has snuck in before. Yes. While we were live on air with with a gift, and I believe you're wearing it. This I am morning, wearing actually, today. Right? Yes, absolutely. Very nice. Thank you, Warren. Now, uh, what deals on offer, Warren, at Chemist Warehouse for anyone looking for a, a last minute Father's Day gift yes. this weekend? Uh, so obviously, only a couple of days until Father's Day. We've got things like the uh, Versace's sixty nine ninety nine for the hundred mils. Uh, Paco Rabanne, one million ninety nine ninety nine for a hundred mil, or what I'm wearing today. That's my favourite is the Aqua De Geo hundred mil for one hundred nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> like that? that is good actually. It's mm. up there with the DC ten that Brent's wearing this I, morning. I wish well, we could have got a photo of that. that were you frightened then? <laughs> Goodness, I what's going on? <laughs> well, on the DC ten as well. Obviously, you guys have been plugging that because yep. it's almost sold out in stores. So obviously, with only a couple of days before Father's Day. You know, if anyone wants that, they need to get in pr- probably today. That is the power of Brent Costello right there. <laughs> now, also, with AFL final series coming up, people are a little bit busier. Can you tell us about the setup you've got with Instant Consult? Yeah, so Instant Consult we've teamed up with. It's a great online service. It's obviously very difficult to get in to see doctors. Uh, it's been like that for a long time. So you can download the app um, and, you know, you can use it to get a prescription, a specialist referral, even a medical certificate. So if you do download the app, you can get your first um, consult free just by putting in the code CW free. Very nice. Now, I want to ask you about sport. You're a big sports guy. Hockey man, they tell me. Uh, a while ago, but yeah, I used to be. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you keep an eye on the local Premier League? Yeah. Or? So the first week of finals this week, mm. it should be very exciting. Um 
yeah, well, my old club, Northwest. Northwest grads are in both the men's and women's first first finals, so hopefully they both get a win. Very interesting in the men's competition that obviously Northwest finished on top of the ladder, um, playing uni this week. When yeah, they're a bit of a unknown quantity. Uni, you mm. sort of look at their team and think. It's a bit like the cricket team. <laughs> um, how have they got there? But they finished equal points with with Northwest and uh, the marshal by Ben Reed. You'd obviously know Ben. Yep. Um, yeah, unbelievable player. So it'd be really interesting contest this week. Uh, Richmond Tigers fan as well. What do you feel about the Damien Hardwick situation? Does it, does it upset you that he's left mid-season tired and then taken a new role, or are you wishing him well up on the Gold Coast? Probably both. Um, yeah, really disappointing the way that um, that he finished up to be burnt out and then be looking for a new coaching job pretty quickly. But you know, good luck to good luck to the Gold Coast, and we wish him all the well. I mean, we had a fantastic run for a few he years, did. so we can't yeah. complain. Um, and he's a, he'll be a legend of the club, so you don't want to hold anything against him. He will. I've just been up there myself, actually, Brent. And I tell you that the the weather does re-energise <laughs> you rather quickly up there. So maybe that's what he's done. He's got a bit of sun and he's ready to go. Oh, very nice. Now, as I said, if you're looking for a last-minute Father's Day present, get to Chemist Warehouse this weekend. Plenty of good specials on there for you. Warren Lucas, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Have a good day. We're off to a break. On the other side of it, the Minister for Sport, Recreation and Stadia as well joins us in the studio. Nick Street is after this here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents, we are Tasmanian. Forty-one minutes past eight o'clock on this Friday morning, the first of September. Finals footy not too far away. Very, very exciting. Exciting too to have the Minister for Sports and Recreation and Stadia and uh, what else are you the Minister of Nick Street? Good morning to you. A bit of local government, bit of housing as well, Brent. But very got... busy man. Yeah, appreciate your well, time. It's a bit of a competition, actually. <laughs> who's Tassie's? Who holds the most titles and who's busier out of you two? <laughs> Not me. It's definitely the minister. Now, where where do we start with you? There's so much to talk about, but uh, I guess we start with the AFL team. It's the thing that's on everyone's lips. Where are we at and how's this process going to work through Parliament? Uh, so, look, where we're at is that we've finally got a chair for the team in Grand O'Brien, which is terrific. Uh, board will be announced very soon, I believe, which is great. Well, just on that, it was meant to be the end of August, wasn't it? So we're... Obviously, so, look, there now. Yep. So it won't be far away is my understanding. Um, but to be honest, that's a conversation between the government, the AFL and Grant in terms of filling that, that board out. So looking forward to that announcement soon. Um, in terms of the team itself, well, look, we're still on track for 2028, but there's obviously some work to do with the stadium through Parliament. That'll happen in October, I believe. Once we get it, Once we get the order through Parliament then the, the design and, and what have you goes ahead from there. So, Why are you still confident on 2028 when we were all these delays? and oh, you know, Don't start him on it, Nick. The, the stadium will take a long time to build. I know we could play at Bell Reve and Utahs, but surely it's not going to be 2028 now. It, it will be 2028, Brett. Oh, that's, you, you, receive you, it, Hammer. Cut it out. Be a glass half full person. Oh, oh, yeah, no, stop, stop with the pessimism. No. You know, Payne and I, uh, Payne and I both think twenty twenty eight still achievable. Absolutely. What's wrong with you? All hands well, on deck. How, how the, uh, uh, it's good enough to say that, but how do you see it happening by twenty twenty eight? We've got this whole process to go through, etc. We do. Can you? How can it? What, because we've got to get this process. Well, I think he's got take, more idea of the process uh, than you. Uh, that's why I'm asking the question, Tim. Expert. That's why I'm asking the right, question. Well, let him answer. Isn't it a two-year but, process through Parliament? It won't. It won't be a two-year process through Parliament. There, there is a process to go through with Parliament, but we're still confident that we can we can hit the 2028 start like, start line. Okay, yeah. well, we'll see. Do you finish? We'll see. Happy. Oh, I'm more than happy to eat humble pie. Right, can I'm we wrong. go back to the board? Yep. Um, the process around that. It, do people nominate to get on that, or are we hand picking? 
who we want on it, and then do we or are we getting a group interview type set up? So look, there's a there's a process that Grant's working through from his side from the team. Um, the way the board's set up is that um, some of them are state government appointees, some of them are AFL appointees. Um, but to be perfectly honest, it's really a conversation between the state government, the AFL and Grant about making sure that we get the board that we're looking for. Grant's very keen uh, to get the gender split right, but to get the skills mix right. Um, you know, we want people to represent all all parts of Tasmania, but if there are people on the mainland with a Tasmanian connection as well who we think could be good board members for the team in the initial stage, then they'll be looked at as well. Now, I've said on this show, I don't know a lot about politics. I'm starting to learn a bit more because I've had to adapt. Don't, don't, under, don't undersell yourself, Brent. <laughs> you, you're sending me text messages all the time with questions and comments. Yes, well, th- this staggers me if this is right. So correct me if I'm wrong. Pull me up on whatever I say that's wrong here. But my understanding is Hobart City Council doesn't have to pay a cent for the High Performance Centre. Not a dollar. True. Why on earth would they want to push that away from their city that will do enormous things? And this is the same with the stadium as well. Yeah. Anna Reynolds is against the stadium being built at Macquarie Point. Yep. This is a thing that's going to be plonked there that's going to bring millions and millions and millions of dollars into the community for, for, for nothing. And look, I think the fact that we've had five councils in the south of the state proactively write to us as a government asking for it to be built in their municipality would tell you that most councils can see the benefit of having this performance centre built in their in their municipality. And if you go to Victoria, there are councils fighting amongst themselves to try and get AFL high performance centres built in their municipality because they know what they can deliver for the community. That's not to say that there's going to be restricted access at times to this facility because it will be an AFL high performance facility. But I've been fortunate enough to go to some of these facilities on the mainland um, and to see the programs that they run, to see the public access that you get to these facilities. Um, I think any council's mad to be proactively knocking the, knocking back this type of investment. Oh, I really it, do. I can't understand Do you it. think, is she knocking it back though or is she more around sort of the process of it, how it's uh, happening? Look, or, and I mean, it's been coming out through the media, so it's it's yeah. hard to say. No, look, we've tried, we've, we've genuinely tried to be... Um, proactive in in talking to councils about the opportunity that this exists. Um, I can't help but think that she was just looking for a fight, to be perfectly honest. Well, she, was looking, she was looking for an argument because um, she said, oh, we've heard, heard talk about Queen's Domain and, and Keneallian Bay. Well, not, not, not from us. Not she from had, people who should have, yeah. No, you know, everybody assumed that Keneallian Bay was going to be looked at because it was a public open space, but but it wasn't the state government that was pushing Keneallian Bay f- forward. They've gone out and ruled out sites that we hadn't even approached them about necessarily. So um, I just think when there was an opportunity to sit down with us and have a conversation, uh, they've taken the opposite point of view. Now, there's no design or anything yet, is there? No. Yeah, and you certainly won't tell us, but I would imagine you would have some clear locations in mind and probably a few. Look, to be honest, it's not me as the minister that's driving this state growth are working um, with a number of different um, number of different organisations because what we know is that there are certain parameters around what we need to build the facility. So there is a certain amount of space that's needed to build this, but there are so many things to take into account. If we'd built it at Keneallian Bay, which we're not going to anyway, you've got to talk about community displacement. You know, what's being, what's being done on the site at the minute that won't be able to be, be there if the high performance facility is built? Um, and so that's why greenfield sites are probably a more attractive option because there's less community displacement um, if we build it in one of those locations. 
Nick Street, the Minister for Sport, Recreation and Stadia, is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Something else that caught my eye during the week, they had the anti-stadium protest in Launceston last weekend. We believe around 100 people attended that. But what I noticed was the chair of the Parliamentary Committee, Ruth Forrest, was there at the protest. Yep. In that position she's in as the chair of the inquiry, wouldn't you need to be impartial in that situation? Oh, look, again, that's a question for Ruth to answer, but I would have thought that if you're chairing a parliamentary inquiry into the stadium and you haven't yet delivered the report from that inquiry, it'd be very difficult to convince anybody that you're impartial as the chair of that committee if you're speaking at an anti-stadium rally, asking people at that rally to make their voices heard and to lobby politicians to, um, to, to tell people politicians that they don't want the stadium to go ahead. I just thought it was unusual because of the front page photo on the Examiner too with no stadium signs and I just I just felt yep. a bit mm, I just and, sure. and I don't ha and I don't have a problem with people attending no stadium rallies. No, no absolutely. As long, as long as they're not trying to paint themselves as impartial the mm. day after as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a text in from one of our listeners um, if the Mac Point is done by 2028 will it be able to play A-League games? Yes. Not retractable seats though? Uh, look, I, again, we're not even at the design stage for the stadium yet. Must be but, in your thoughts, though, because you're going to have to... No, absolutely. One of the commitments that we, we've made is that we want to host... It, it's not just... We've said it from the start. It's not just an AFL stadium. It's not just a sports stadium. It's got to be built um, to be functional for entertainment events, for business events, for sporting events, for cultural events. Um, and so all of that needs to be taken into account in the design. And certainly the ability to host rectangular sporting events is something that's absolutely paramount. And to be honest, I understand rectangular sports like the idea of a rectangular stadium, but when you saw the 50-odd thousand people that were at Marvel Stadium for the last warm-up game for the Matildas before the World Cup started, um, I spoke to people that were at that, at that game. Fantastic event, um, and the fact that it was at Marvel Stadium rather than a rectangular stadium didn't detract from the event either. When, when we're sitting at the new stadium when it's built, yep. we'll be sitting under a roof. Can you guarantee there'll be a roof on the stadium, or is that up for negotiation still, do you think, despite the AFL saying it's not? Look, it's in the contract with the AFL that the stadium will have a roof. Okay. So that would, that's their call? That's what they wanted in the contract? or uh, Look, I, to be honest, I wasn't involved in the negotiations yeah. around the AFL contract. That was done at the Premier's level. Um, my, my understanding is that it was a requirement from the AFL and it's in the contract that the stadium will have a roof. Just before I let you go, I'd love to have you here all day. I have to get you back in because I've run out of time. But do you think the government could have handled things better in this whole process? I think that's what some people are upset about, I guess, that they're on board with the team, they're on board with the stadium even, yep. but they would have liked to have seen it handled differently. No, nobody's ever immune to criticism of how they've gone about things. Brent, it was a unique situation trying to negotiate that deal with the AFL. We did everything we could to be upfront with the public about information, but if there are people who, who are critical of the amount of information that we put out there or the transparency of the process, we tried to be as transparent as possible, but at the end of these things, I don't I don't know of a negotiation of that size where there won't be public criticism of the way we've gone about it as well. What I know is that it was a 30-year-plus dream for us to get an AFL team, and five years ago, you were in the sports space, Payne was playing high-level sport. Five years ago, would you have ever thought that we'd be in a position where we'd be sitting here today talking about the fact that we'd secured an AFL licence? Certainly not. Absolutely not. So, you know, we've got the outcome we want. Me personally, I'm an absolute believer in the stadium and I was a believer in the need for a new stadium before the AFL team was even talked about. So um, I'm delighted with where we're at. Um, you know, 
we've got to keep selling the AFL team and the stadium and that Macquarie Point precinct. Um, we need to keep talking about the fact that we're investing at Utah, $130 million at Utah Stadium in Launceston. That'll be the best boutique stadium in the country when it's finished. There'll be money spent at Dial Park as well to make sure that we can host AFL content, AFLW, VFL up in Penguin as well on the northwest coast. We want the benefits of this team um, to be spread right across the state. Wanted to ask you about the pressure on your lines, but we've run out of time, unfortunately. Well, uh, look, I can, I, I can come back any time to talk about the Lions, <laughs> particularly with a West Coast Eagles supporter. Oh, uh, thanks so much for coming in. Appreciate it. We'll get you back on soon. Nick Street, the Minister for Sport. Thanks, guys. And Recreation and Stater and lots of other stuff joining us in the studio here. We're off to our final break of the morning. Back to wrap up the show next with our Home of the Week, Tim. Oh, uh, after this on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents. Just about out of time for a Friday morning, but before we go, our Wrap favorite up, Breno. segment Wrap of the week, up. our Harrison Agents real estate segment, selling your home, contact Harrison Agents today. Our first property painting is at 34 Cameron Street in St. Helens today. Yeah, three bed, three bath property. It's for sale, offers over $1.5 million. Viewing tomorrow, 12 to 12.30, and the agent is Tommy Harrison. Very nice. And our second property is a four double bedroom, two bathroom, three car park home on 9 Ratho Street in Lena Valley. Love Lena Valley. And this is offers over 1.15 million viewing tomorrow as well from 12 to 12.30. And the agent is Georgie Rayner. Oh, very nice. Harrison Agents proudly supporting a Tasmanian AFL team, new stadium and the future of our state. That's a big show. Good to have the sports minister in. Um, you could, we could have a whole hour with him. We could. And he's sport. about to be tested with his cricket skills for our TikTok as well, yes. Bruno. So we're going to get him off the long run out the front of Banjos. Very nice. Uh, what's on for your Father's Day Sunday? Uh, not a lot, actually. Just a pretty quiet home day, I'd imagine. I've got a sing-along this morning, though, at school for my son's a kindergarten. Sing-along. A Father's Day sing-along. Or well, Father's Day Friday sing-along. So I'll, I'll s- get down there, clear the vocals, and give it my best. I've seen you on the karaoke tools, and it's not good. So if you're in the area, just steer away from well, that this morning. As you know, reading's not my strong point, Breno. So <laughs> the live reads and the karaoke are not me. No. Well, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Johnny Payne, what do you, you should look after him. Somehow. I'll be straight in for one of those last-minute gifts at Chemist Warehouse, I reckon. I'll get there on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> happy Father's Day to my dad, too, on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll catch you from 7 on Monday morning for SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents. We are Tasmanian.